Welcome to the Your Confident Self Podcast with Allegra Sinclair. Get ready to punch fear in the throat and gain confidence like never before. I help corporate women get the confidence to ask for the job they want and do the work they love. Isn't it time you got unstuck and showed the world how fabulous you are? Hey, this is Allegra. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. I always brag about how awesome my guests are because that's just how I roll. I believe in giving credit where credit is due. And this sassy, pathfinding, role-breaking, (laughs) rock-throwing dynamo that we're going to talk to today is really going to change some people's lives. Chelsea Brooke is a professional counselor, published writer, blogger, pathfinder coach, and internationally known figure helping introverted women live a passionate and purposeful life. Her mission is to inspire introverted women to live connected to their true purpose and to share the most authentic version of themselves with the world. That is like the salted caramel of bios, Chelsea. (laughs) It is so awesome. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I am too because I'm an introvert. So I'm totally Oh, I love it. I am totally <laughs> self-interested this week. And often when I say that to someone, they'll be like, No, you're not. And I'm like, okay, in a world of extroverts, why would I lie about that? <laughs> right? Exactly. I yeah. don't know anybody who would say they're an introvert when they're not. No judgment, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But when I tell people that they're like, You can't be, and I'm like, Yes, I really can. Mm. So tell mm-hmm. me how- why are you so passionate about introverted women? I think I can mm. guess, but you tell me. <laughs> yes. Well, first, of course, I'm definitely an introvert, um, specifically for those interested in the MBTI kind of uh, 16 personalities. I'm an INFJ, so that is um, a really interesting uh, personality type and has its own um, unique struggles itself. But Uh, My passion for introverted women definitely grew out of my own difficulties and then wanting to help other women in similar situations. So growing up, I experienced so many of those challenges that are common to introverts, you know, often feeling awkward and out of place during social situations. You know, I didn't understand the anxiety that came from making small talk or being in large groups and received so much advice that just did not fit me about how I should just get out of my show or speak up or stop thinking so much. But Luckily, I discovered not not too far after that, that I wasn't any of the things that others had said about me. I was just an introvert. And being one of those typical overachiever kind of people, I also started college at 16 and majored in psychology and sociology, where I really dove deep into the introvert temperament and really felt like I had found my home once I learned what introversion was and everything that meant and how it affected how you felt and how you thought and how you behaved. I, I was just blown away and, and so passionate about it. So I learned the best ways to work with my unique personality type and then um, went on to graduate with a 4.0 in my graduate studies as well and earned a master's degree in counseling. So Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Just trying a to little think bit. what's after salted caramel because that, like, <laughs> that was way more epic. That was delicious. So many threads to pull. So you're in Myers-Briggs, you're INFJ? Yes, an INFJ. Okay. That was, I was like, did she say F? Because I am an INTJ. Mm, Yeah, so very similar. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
<laughs> so you know some of the unique struggles I'm talking I about. I do. But what's fascinating is I obviously didn't step off. Um, I didn't go to school and study the introversion. I probably should have, but mm-hmm. I but at the time I was probably a music major. And when you're um, studying classical piano, you don't have to talk to people. <laughs> oh, exactly. Right? Yeah, you're alone a lot. Oh my gosh, I was in heaven. It's me in the room practicing. And then, okay, mm. there's the performing thing. But when you're actually on stage, you don't actually have to see the people even, right? <laughs> the audience or interact part. or anything. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then afterwards, but then I would remember the afterwards when people have loved your performance and they want to like come talk to you. And I'm like, why are mm. they talking to me? But <laughs> you understand that, right? But I think yes. what's so important in all of what you said was one, that you had this moment when you said, I am not who or what other people say. That is a really mm-hmm. powerful thing. So I don't want us to miss that. You are not who other people say you are. And two, mm-hmm. you figured out what the strengths of being exactly the way you are. Right. So a lot of people mm. could go their whole lives and not really figure out who they are outside of other people's definitions and expectations, much less figure mm-hmm. out how to make that work for them. So I love that so much. So let me give you my um, introversion for dummies definition and you can clean it up. <laughs> when, peop- when I tell someone that I'm introverted and they're like, so what does that mean? Like you're shy? Nope. Uh, I know yeah. you and like you, and I'm in that place. I will yap your ear off. So I am not shy. Exactly. But nope. I get energy from being alone. Mm-hmm. And I work well alone. That doesn't mean I don't work well with others, but my strengths naturally are more inwardly focused tasks or inwardly focused activities. So I'm fine being around other people, but that tends to tire me out. And then I need to go Mm -hmm. not people to recover. Right. Is that a fair definition of being an introvert? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you point out the misunderstandings that often happen so much for introverts. Like actually I I just looked up um, or I Googled what the dictionary defines as introvert and actually said a shy withdrawn person which I was so sad about because I'm like that's not even true you know some introverts are shy but shyness is a social anxiety and introversion is a temperament personality type so it's really not the same thing at all but I love your description of it and yes that is a really simple and I mean really accurate way to describe it is just that we do prefer alone time we gain our energy from being alone it's even when we're around people that we enjoy you know so often people say oh so you don't like people you're just (laughs) anti-social you always like to be home well we do enjoy being home but we also enjoy getting out and socializing and interacting but that drains us even if we're having a good time so that's one of the things that I really um that I really want to help people understand is it's not that we don't like people that were shy. There were any of those things, because like you said, get us in our comfort zone. <laughs> and if we're talking about things that we're passionate about, you would swear we're an extrovert. Exactly. So it definitely doesn't mean that we can't talk and that we're not super opinionated and bold. And that's something I've actually um, enjoyed about being an introvert is I've surprised a lot of people. You know, when you first meet me, I may come off as um, more quiet and, and you're not sure and, and you just think I'm just kind of this soft kind of quiet person but once you get to know me um, I laugh really loudly usually and <laughs> I won't shut up if you get me talking about personality or personal development or introverts or 
passion and self-belief and all those things. And so I love that aspect of being an introvert where you can really surprise people with how much more there is to you than what meets the eye at first. That's a really cool way of thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It's like a hidden treasure that only people who are paying attention will discover. I love that. Yeah. Because so much of being an introvert, it happens on the inside. You know, we're, when we're in conversation, this is the other part about introverts is that we also process and respond to information differently that's around us. Whereas an extrovert is in the conversation and there's not much lag time between them hearing something and thinking it and responding. And for introverts, so much of it is going on in the inside. We make more pit stops, if you will, in the brain. You know, we're thinking about, oh, what you're saying, other times that I've heard this, how I could respond, what words might be best, how are they going to take this when I respond? And by that point, it's like too long. It's been <laughs> too long and people are wondering what's going on. And, and then you're like, oh, no, I'm do- I've done it again where I'm just sitting here with a blank face and nobody knows what's happening inside. So... <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I am so laughing with you because in my mind, I'm thinking, (laughs) yeah, but since I just finished processing it, I want to talk about that now. But the other people in the conversation have already moved on to the next thing. And then there's an opportunity for me to like drag them back to where I was because I was (laughs) my internal conversation, you know, thinking it through. (laughs) I wanted them to enjoy the fruits of my labor as well. Right. um, Do you think there was... Curious about the movement from kind of feeling othered to mm. a place where you understood that you were unique and special, right? So I remember mm-hmm. a lot because um, I have a family of really extroverted people. And mm-hmm. it was always, and I was okay once we got to the place where, like, oh, she's just a bookworm. Okay, is that the label we're using? Bring it. Yep. I'm mm. So while you guys are yeah. down there hollering and carrying on with strangers, <laughs> I don't want to remember. You guys go do that. And I'll sit over here and read my book, right? So it's, but I always knew that I was like different than they were, not necessarily Mm -hmm. negative, but um, I'm wondering if there was like, did you meet another introvert or was there some event that kind of helped you figure out, oh, okay, I'm different and unique. What am I going to do with that information? Yeah. So it was definitely a a whole lifelong process. I will say that I was fortunate enough to be raised by um, a mom who was an introvert and an empath. So she really nurtured and encouraged those quiet strengths in me. So I I grew up knowing that I was certainly different and I got all those labels put on me. Like you, you said, some are, you know, okay, like being a, a bookworm or a nerd or whatever. And then some of them are more hurtful, like being awkward, antisocial, boring, stuck up. Those things can really affect your, um, you know, yourself belief in your self-esteem as well. So I grew up knowing that, um, you know, I had these labels placed on me, but then my mom would always encourage me and nurture those quiet strengths, but we didn't really know what to call it. We didn't know that I was just an introvert. So during that process of starting college at 16 and then really learning about introversion, what that means and the personality types and the psychology behind all of that, that was really when I found my home. And then that's why I I went on to be a professional counselor because I just wanted to help people, but I still felt like I was having this urge and this pull to specifically help introverted women because I wanted to be able to give them that light bulb moment that I had as well, where you can finally breathe and you can finally relax and kind of like settle into yourself and realize that there's nothing wrong with you this whole time. You're just an introvert. And it is so freeing to realize that. I think that. 
I didn't really settle in. I didn't decide that the introvert jacket, even though I probably wasn't calling it at that moment, but I didn't really decide that that jacket fit, I don't think, until I began my career. So after college, Mm -hmm. because to Mm -hmm. me, college was, um, I went to more than one and I always felt like, and the last college, two colleges I attended, um, I lived off campus, right? So one time I was looking around all the grad students when I wasn't yet one. But the second time, it was a little bit different for me, right? Because I didn't have that um, like constant noise, you know, the difficulty finding space to think when I wasn't in like dorm environments or kind of forced social settings. Mm -hmm. But I think it was the first career when I finally saw my ability to look at things differently and it gave me confidence because I was successful with a couple of projects that didn't require me to do like group projects. Mm. And I think then I had that light bulb moment and I was like, oh, wait a minute. So I could do something and be successful at work without having to do it with five other people at one time. This might work uh-huh. out. <laughs> yeah, that I love that story. That's that's a great point too. And so many times, as you know, as kids, we hear things about who we're supposed to be or what we should do. You know, someone might say, "Oh, you love learning, so you should be a teacher." And as introverts, we're told, "Oh, you're shy, you're awkward, quiet, antisocial, boring, stuck up, all these things." And so we grew up with these labels placed on us thinking that's who we are. So it's no wonder that we end up picking careers we're not passionate about or relationships we're not happy in because we're still not living authentic to who we are because we don't even know what that would be. So that's really what I do when I work with introverted women is strip away all those labels that were put on us throughout our lives from parents, teachers, peers, you know, things like, why don't you participate more? You should speak up more. All the things that make us feel like we didn't belong and guide people to get rid of those things to uncover their authentic self that maybe they've never truly known or been in touch with. And, you know, maybe you'll find some of those things were true. As introverts, sometimes we do um, prefer to stay in more. We are quiet, but you're shifting the way that you look at that. Like like you said, you finally saw it as a real strength and you relished in that because, um, you know, it's no longer a weakness or something we feel ashamed about or less than. It's once you learn about introversion and your strengths, you embrace it, you own it, you say, yes, this is who I am, this is what I like, and this is how I can use it in my life as an advantage, not a weakness. I think it's fascinating that kind of becoming, I'm sparking back to you talking about like showing up as who you authentically are, and I think that is so mm-hmm. challenging. I think it is really challenging, well, I can only speak to me. So I think it's challenging for me as an introvert. I think it's challenging for mm-hmm. me as a woman. I think it's challenging for me yeah. as a, like who was in corporate. So I think that the challenge of really digging down and figuring out the authentic piece of yourself mm-hmm. is really our work. Because once you get in that place, so many other things become easier. But I don't yeah. know, I don't think, I can't remember ever being encouraged to be myself. And I definitely don't Mm. think I heard the word authentic till maybe 15 years ago with respect to Mm. how I behaved with other people, right? So Mm -hmm. do you find a lot that people are just so frustrated at trying to figure out kind of what their purpose is or even what their passion is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And And to your point, it's once you start being honest and authentic to who you are, then you start really creating the life you're passionate about. And so 
that's why one of the first things I do when I, when I work with people is to really make sure they understand what introversion means because all of your life, you may, you might've been having these labels placed on you and maybe even some of them are true. Like I said, okay, introverts tend to be um, quieter. We tend to prefer to um, work an individual or, you know, face-to-face one-on-one kind of settings as opposed to, you know, a big group and participating that way. So even though some of those things are true, I think the struggle is we've been looking at it all wrong because so many times it's not, like you said, you don't even, you've never even been encouraged to know who you are and then make um, a life and career decision based off that, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, what are we, what are we doing? Why are we going to college? And why are we, you know, starting the work workforce without even realizing who we are and what we want? And so that's one of the most important things is peeling back all of those labels and all those things that don't fit and getting down to that core of who you are. And one of the best ways to do that is to, I really think learning about who you are. That's why I'm also obsessed with like um, the brain and how the introvert brain works specifically, because once you're empowered with having that knowledge and understanding of why you react differently, why your brain thinks differently, why you process things differently, why you have different needs, that's also a huge part of the empowering part of your journey because when you have that knowledge and then you know how to set boundaries and you figure out what you need and what works for you, that's really when you start creating the life that you want. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but let me tell you what I think I just heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how is that for a southern way of saying? <laughs> Wait a minute, Willis. So I think what I heard is that gaining a better understanding of how an introvert brain works will help me be more successful in my career. Is that what you said? Yes. I think that is super important because as introverts, I know for me, especially like being able to plan and prepare and have this knowledge and understanding about who we are. It seems like so many of us as introverts are kind of obsessed with taking quizzes and understanding our personality type. And we're really wanting that validation of why do I think this way? Why do I feel this way? And when I learned that as an introvert, I, um, we actually have a longer pathway in the brain. Like our dominant pathway is different. It looks different than an extrovert. We take, um, if you will, more pit stops in the brain while we're processing information. So while we not be, while we may not be able to give you an answer right away, it's because we're processing things and we're literally making more stops in our brain to think about past experience, to think about feelings, and think about how someone will respond to something. So once you understand how your brain works, then you feel so much more authentic and confident when you're advocating for yourself. And advocating for yourself, I think, has so much to do with just being confident in who you are and the way you do that is by knowing who you are. And once you have that knowledge, just being you is advocating for yourself because it looks different than what the world expects. But when you're okay with that and you embrace that, you're advocating for yourself just by being you. So yes, I think understanding your brain and understanding how it works is a huge um, part in helping you live a more authentic and confident life. Are women introverted more than men? Typically, yes. Hmm. Okay. So that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it seems well, it kind of makes sense, right, with how the world of work looks. Yeah. Traditionally, yeah. or let me not say traditionally, historically, right? Because it is built around people who have a particular temperament. So if it was mm-hmm. very much built for men, it makes sense that the world of work seems biased towards extroverts versus introverts. 
Right. Yeah, I'm sure that's a whole other layer we could go into. Oh my yeah, gosh, sure. my brain is exploding right now because I'm like, there was a whole <laughs> conversation about um, how women think they need to act like men in order to be successful. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. thought that meant one thing, but now I'm thinking, wow, that could be way deeper. That could mean something completely different. Yeah. Acting that men. Oh my gosh. Yes. All right. So I'm putting a pin in that (laughs) (laughs) because that is so juicy in a little bit, it was slightly off topic, but wow, that's good stuff. We're going to put a pin in that because we're going to, even if we don't do it today, we're going to come back and talk about that because that's really fascinating. Yeah. If women tend to be more introverted than men, are there, well, no, I know there are. So what types of things should we do in order to lean more into our strengths in the workplace? Mm, mm-hmm. Well, I'll answer that twofold. I think as introverts, um, we, like I said, knowing who you are, what works for you, and then being able to advocate for yourself in the workplace. And by that, I mean, you know, I give examples like if you have group meetings and, you know, as introverts, we prefer to respond written or we respond or we prefer to um participate through observation a lot of times we may not want to make comments in big groups and so I always suggest you know making your comment in the beginning so you don't have that anxiety flowing through you the whole time or see if you can send up a follow-up email and say you know this is what I got from the meeting these are my thoughts so it gives you that time to process and that's really working on your strengths and then as um, you know feminine traits sometimes we have been accustomed in our culture to think that we have to live in a more dominant side or that in order to be successful as and in a business or as a leader that we have to be very, you know, bold and tough. And we've kind of been told that these feminine qualities of being, you know, kind, compassionate, sensitive, intuitive, are kind of a secondary to the more necessary traits of being bold, direct, and logical. But I think recognizing that the feminine qualities are equally as needed as your masculine ones. It really gives you the balance to say what's needed and to make the difficult decisions, but to do so with understanding and caring for everyone involved as well. So there's definitely a lot of that we can gain from bringing in both our masculine and feminine traits and not feeling like we just have to leave that outside or leave that at home, but bring that into the work world as well, because having to be understanding and compassionate and while making difficult decisions, I think, take so much more bravery than just being able to just going in and just being bold and direct and thinking that that's the way you have to do it. So bringing a compassionate side and understanding that to me makes you stronger, not weaker. Agreed. So if I'm putting together a quick short list, like a list of tips for this is how you, and I don't want to make it sound like this is how you accommodate or this is how you cover up for, right? Cause being an introvert mm-hmm. isn't like, um, not speaking the language. You simply don't speak the language, right? There's no judgment attached to me not speaking French. But when we start talking about the way women show up for work, we often couch it in terms like, okay, so here's how you overcome having to wear a bra. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? (laughs) (laughs) But we will like uses for ourselves, which totally feeds into the whole, wait, why aren't I feeling like a comfortable, confident person at this moment? But so if I have Mm. tips for how I can shine, I think the first one that you gave was amazing. So you know that you're in this group setting and that there is a tendency towards um, recognizing people's contributions based on them speaking right in the moment, like hearing something and responding to it, whatever. So I think one, speaking up earlier in the meeting, 
And it's mm-hmm. probably going to be something that it's, I'm all, well, let me ask the question. So when you're talking about speaking earlier in the meeting, are you saying talking about something that is um, something that you have thought about in advance that you want to share in the meeting? Cause there mm-hmm. it's earlier, right? There's probably not going to have been that time for you to process the thought. So it sounds almost yeah. like the speaking earlier is come prepared right? You know, the meeting's happening. You have had a chance to think about it in advance. So come prepared to share early. Right. Yeah. As much as you can, and sometimes it can be hard to do, but I know for me as an introvert, the more I have time to prepare, actually the more authentic and the more present I can be because I'm not distracted with my own anxiety about, okay, how am I going to put all this together in the moment? And my brain isn't catching up with what I want to say and I'm not processing it all fast enough. So yes, as much as you can bring a few comments, some that are general and maybe some that are specific, you know, maybe questions. I mean, questions can get people started and then you don't really even have to respond after that because people are just going to be responding to those and then that shows that you've thought about it that um you know you're you're participating so yes i recommend coming prepared with questions if you can making that known towards the beginning so then for the rest of the time you can relax and just process what's being said and then you can send a follow-up email to the people that are important in the meeting you know the leaders or the you know the group leaders or whatever and that really shows them that you've you know, it's a ton of great qualities that you listen, that you process, that you took the time to send a follow-up email. A lot of people don't do that. And just those two steps really works with your introverted strength. So you don't feel like, like you said, you're not having to accommodate because you're an introvert. So you have to um, work out of your weaknesses, but work out of your strengths. So plan, prepare, follow up, you know, send an email, do written communication if that works better for you and work with your strengths. I love that. I was the queen of the follow-up email. Right. Yes. <laughs> I didn't call it introversion, but I knew I was way more analytical often. And I worked at tech companies in marketing mm-hmm. and communications roles, which sounds like a crazy mashup, but it worked for me. But <laughs> I often would think, okay, five minutes later, I think, yeah, but we didn't consider X, right? Mm-hmm. I was busy mm-hmm. doing on that in the meeting, analyzing the putting out of things, sometimes too much. Yeah. But which is why I became the queen of the follow-up email. I love the tip though about like being prepared and engaged and asking great questions, which I think is also a great strength of introverts. So I love that. Um, being prepared early, um, sending a follow-up. Is there a third? I like my stools to have three. Is there a third tip value? you? <laughs> what? How does well, a stool stand yeah. if it only has two legs? So, <laughs> not yeah, we wanted- spot, but is there like a third tip for using your introversion to your advantage? Yes. Well, I, I can probably give a third and then maybe even a bonus one. So we can get get two more. Um, So the first one I'm thinking of is to remember to put your name on anything that you create or have, you know, any association with, because a lot of times as introverts, we're like, oh, I just did a little bit with that project. You know, it's really not a big deal. And so we underestimate um, how much we're participating, what we're doing. And then we don't allow other people to see that. So don't forget if you, you know, if you make a comment, if you add a section, if you give advice, if you revise something, make sure you're you're putting your name on anything that you're creating or helping create. And then the other thing is, I know a lot of times as introverts, we kind of cringe when we have to talk about ourselves. We don't like to feel like we're bragging. We don't want to come off as arrogant. So a lot of times we end up saying nothing about what we're working on because we don't know how to do it authentically. So the other tip that I would give is to just kind of, you know, put it in a conversation and, and you can always um, bring it back to that person. 
so for example, you could say, yeah, I really enjoy, you know, I'm working on this, um, you know, this project right now with so-and-so and we're kind of doing this. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Have you ever done anything like that? And so you just kind of mention it casually. And so it doesn't sound like you're, you're bragging or you're making it all about you. You're just mentioning kind of what you're working on and what you enjoyed about something. And then you kind of move on and you ask questions about them because that's something the introverts are great at too, is, um, asking questions and being reflective and then actually listening to the answers. So yeah, I would give those two tips as well. I love that because all of that is like the ingredients for your confidence milkshake, right? Yeah. So when I'm talking with clients and often um, we're talking about confidence and specific moves they want to make in their career, but at the end of the day, we talk a lot, a lot, a lot about communications because mm-hmm. communications, people think either, they think one of two things, either they think it's easy, so they don't need to think about it, or it's <laughs> yeah. the putting out of them, right? So they don't want to think mm-hmm. about it. In both of those, yes. <laughs> in both of those instances, you're not <laughs> thinking about it, and hence you're ill-prepared, and then you feel all mm-hmm. fluffled, and then you're stressed, and it becomes this awful cycle of stuff. But mm-hmm. there's a situation that could bring any anxiety or uncertainty or whatever. Preparing how you want to communicate in that setting always. I mean, 10 times, 11 times out of 10, that will mm-hmm. make you feel more confident in that situation. So I love that. That's like the confidence milkshake for how you use introversion to your advantage in the workplace. I love that. Those are really great. Yes. I'll have to break out an image for people to share that is just those four things so they can print it out and put it oh, up yeah. next to their desk or their phone. I love it. Yes. <laughs> At work. So... <laughs> One of the other things that you mentioned um, earlier when we were talking was people being able to like um, tap into their passion. And one of the mm-hmm. things I think that finally figuring out what I call it, trip my trigger. I say that all the time. I'm such a lady, but um, <laughs> figuring out what really tripped my trigger made me believe so much about life. It made me believe in myself. It made me believe in what I could do, what I ought to do, what I should do, all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you think introversion affects my belief about myself, if it does? I don't want to lead the witness, but how do you think Mm -hmm. um, introversion affects that? Because, right, confidence, self-belief, those are critical no matter at what stage Mm -hmm. of your career. So how does that affect that? Right. Well, just like so much of what we've been talking about, introverts a lot of times aren't really encouraged or they they don't get that encouragement even if they do at home even if they're lucky enough to have one or both of their parents encouraging them and highlighting their strengths as an introvert um they still have to go out in the world they have to go to school and work and for their peers in the community and the culture at large is still going to kind of give you this pushback to being an introvert and saying no you should be outgoing you should be more talkative you should be more energetic you should 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 do all these things so I, i just think living in a extroverted culture, you're automatically going to get those, um, that pushback from who you are. And you're going to have to decide from a very early age who you're, who you're going to be and what, how you're going to take that in. And for a lot of us, we don't know that, that we're introverts and we don't know what that means and we haven't put all that together. So we kind of grow up throughout our whole lives just knowing that we're different. And some of us kind of may think, okay, well, I can see some strengths maybe even, um, but we still have all of that playing in with our self-belief and we still kind of internalize those ideas that, okay, I really should be more outgoing or maybe I am kind of antisocial. Maybe I don't like people. There's another myth that 
people think about introverts, even though it's really not true, but we can start to really misunderstand ourselves. And I think that that's just the greatest detriment is that we aren't able to see ourselves clearly because we're letting all the labels cloud our vision. And then part of being an introvert that kind of mixes in with that, that sometimes can be damaging is that we tend to overthink and <laughs> we can be analytical a lot. And so we replay, you know, scenarios if you've ever been in bed and then like a, an awkward or random scenario that happened two years ago comes into your mind then you can't sleep because <laughs> you're replaying it over and over again and, and it's bothering you so an introvert's tendency to overthink um, definitely plays into that as well so that's definitely one of the first things that you have to kind of rewire and that's why I work so much with stripping away all those labels and the misunderstandings that don't fit who you are to uncover all the strengths that have been there all along, you just didn't know they were there or didn't recognize them as strengths. Do you think that the world of work is shifting? Here's um, a random thought that came to me while we were talking. Mm-hmm. Because you were talking about how we live in such an in, an extrovert-centric world. But as mm-hmm. we, as I think now about the people who are seen more as leaders or the companies that are doing well or like the brands that bubble up immediately when I think of someone who's successful in business, it is not necessarily someone who is extroverted. So I'm wondering how much, I absolutely believe that the world is still biased. Bias sounds judgy. I believe that we are definitely a more extrovert centric world, like um, Mm -hmm. extrovert dominant. Is that not judgy? I really think that still exists, (laughs) but I wonder how much of that is actually true. Yeah, I definitely think it's changing. I think for, uh, you know, there's, there's more awareness. I'll say that there's definitely more awareness now than there ever has been about introversion and what that means and how introverts can really perform best and thrive in the workplace and relationships and all that. So I love that there's kind of been this explosion, especially online. Surprise, surprise for us introverts. Of course, we would explode with <laughs> knowledge and awareness online. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much more opportunity for connection for introverts um, online in groups and on pages and stuff like that. So yes, uh, there is a transition I think happening, but I think we're kind of still in the awareness stage. I think some companies have kind of taken a step forward and, and been more um, cognizant of how introverts and extroverts would both benefit from an environment being, but I think we're still pretty far off from having the average person actually know what an introvert is and know how to best work with that. I think that we're suffering from a lack of self-awareness globally, just universally. Mm-hmm. So that extends beyond introverts. We're obviously part of the world, so we're experiencing that as well. But I find that there are a lot of people who just aren't particularly self-aware. But I think mm-hmm. the two, um, I'm going to call them complaints because I'm going to say it. The two complaints <laughs> that I hear often in my practice are that people feel stuck or they feel disconnected or they don't know what their purpose is. Right. So those Mm. are related, but they are two very different things. I can feel like I am confident in what my purpose is and still have no idea how to get up off where I am to get over there. Right. Right. So they are different. But so I'm just going to throw this out there. I was saying to my sister, Jesse, let me tickle you with this. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be, do you have to really connect with your purpose to have a good career? Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I think it really has two answers, both yes and no. It kind of depends on how you define a great career. So if you're only basing it on some external factor like, you know, status, money, wealth, 
then technically, I don't think you really have to be following your purpose to make a lot of money or achieve status. But I think for most of us, if not all of us at some point in our lives, we want to know that we're making a difference. You know, even if we start out just wanting to make money or make a name for ourselves, eventually, even those people want to feel like they did something of value. So if a great career means one where you're happy, you feel fulfilled, and you really know that you're making a difference in the world like only you can, then yes, I definitely think living your purpose is necessary for that kind of great career. That was so yummy. I just didn't even want to say anything, but I didn't want you to think I was <laughs> listening. That was so <laughs> delicious. What I heard was eventually most of us will reach a place where our career is less about the external fluffery, you know, like status mm-hmm. or what is that really? But okay, status or money or those kind <laughs> of external things. And it becomes more about those intrinsic values, like wanting to feel like what you did mattered, right? Like what you're right. doing makes a difference. So first of all, that right. is a sermon in and of itself. Not sermon as a church, <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's like a TED Talk. Thank you for coming to yes. Chelsea's TED Talk. So that was <laughs> In and of itself. But then the second piece of that around needing to be connected with what you do that is unique and special in order to get to that place where you define great career differently, who that was whatever comes after delicious. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> it was because I think that, um, okay, sensational. I will use that. Because um, <laughs> I think. One of the other things that I remember feeling often as an introvert was I felt like I was the only one, right? So I talked earlier about how we feel othered. So I was raised in a family of people who were like 6.30 in the morning, their feet hit the floor and bam, they are on. They want to be in spaces. And I'm like, even if I'm (laughs) saying it loud, I'm I'm like, oh my gosh, sometimes people exhaust me. But (laughs) they're just different, (laughs) right? So when I get up and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm happy. My feet hit the floor. But I'm like, could you just go away for an hour? And charge my batteries while I commune with nature or whatever, right? But I think <laughs> that part of the struggle in career is that we always feel like whatever it is that we're experiencing, whatever that irritant is, that sneeze, that chafe, mm-hmm. that pain, we think we're the only one. So I yeah. think there is joy in understanding that we are walking through the world in a unique way. But we're also doing it in a way that it would enable us to connect to others if we will be honest about that, which circles back to your point about being more authentic. Right. I think if yeah. we dive down into what's happening in the world of work, whether you're working in a big company, small company, working in your home, I think if we really dig down underneath that, the way things used to work don't necessarily fit many of us anymore, but everybody doesn't mm-hmm. want to be the first person. Nobody wants to be the first person to say, this jacket itches. Mm, <laughs> right? No exactly. one wants to say that the sweater isn't cute. Everybody wants to still feel like they belong. Nobody wants, nobody intentionally others themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the key though is when you're talking about what you're passionate about and what lasts and what matters, um, that's the sexy part. And that only comes yeah. when you're being who you really are. Right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a a tight line because we want to feel valuable. And a lot of times we do that by being unique. We want to feel like we're special, but then we don't want to be the only one either. So it's kind of a conundrum there. But I think related to your passion, you want to feel like you are the only one, you know, making a difference 
in the way that you can. But like you said, I think we do that by being connected. So while you're living what only you can do, you're also being connected to other people. So you're fulfilling that all in one. That is delicious. That is like, okay, I'm going to stop using food references. I told you yesterday (laughs) between watching the Beach Bargain Hunter show, I was watching the Food Network. So everything today is beachy, sandy, (laughs) or food. Oh, that sounds perfect. Though. Oh my gosh, that's what my Sunday was. And if I don't watch it live, then it's all up on my DVR. So, is there <laughs> anything that you would like to share about how we shine in the workplace as introverted women that I haven't given you an opportunity to share yet? Ooh, I'm so glad you asked that question because it's not very often that introverts should ask what works for them. A lot of times we feel like we're having to fit who we are to the company standards, which, as we talked about, a lot of times kind of is more set up to cater to the extroverted personality type. So it's definitely nice to be asked how introverts shine. Um, So I think we really need three things to do our best work. One, time for silence. Two, clear expectations. And three, the opportunity to participate through observation and written feedback. So I think an ideal introverted work environment is really quite simple. It's based on the idea that creativity thrives with silence, independence, and organization. So to do our best work, We need that physical space to be on our own, preferably not a cubicle, since this wouldn't provide a lot of quietness. Um, Scheduled time to be uninterrupted. This is a huge one, because if you've ever been interrupted when you're in deep thought, it's just so frustrating. And that, again, goes back to the introverted brain, because we can be so hyper-focused and we can get so deep into a topic or subject that to have to be asked what you want for lunch and to come up out of that thought just to answer a silly question like that can be so draining and so difficult because you have to spend the next 20 minutes going back into that thought. So schedule time to be uninterrupted is super important. Um, Also having a daily or weekly schedule of meetings and those clear expectations for projects and presentations so we know exactly what we're working toward. A lot of introverts don't like um, not having clear expectations and not knowing exactly what to do. A lot of us thrive with a clear system of um, rules and guidelines for how we can meet that standard or achieve that goal. And then again, timelines and due dates for tasks also really help. So these are really simple guidelines, which are really helpful for any personality type because it gives us the time and space to process, you know, not only the opinions and ideas of those around us, but also consider our own thoughts and then how we can organize them into clear and concise and helpful feedback. In a typical work environment, it's usually more skewed to favor extroverts than introverts, but I really think this is a disservice to both personality types, um, to introverts because we aren't able to show our best work, and to extroverts because they can also really benefit from the individual time to be creative, to formulate their own thoughts, and stay organized and on task. Fantastic. I'm just sitting here like, is that what your book is about? <laughs> How introverts shine? Because that sounded like the preface for a book. Oh, I love it. Well, it will definitely be in the works. I definitely see a book in my future. So it is, it's happening. It's just all in my brain right now. <laughs> yes. I, it's so funny because I talk to so many people and I'm like, hey, is that in your book? And they're like, what book? I'm like, oh, you're not working on a book? Because that was a book right there. <laughs> yes. I, I think we was- all have a book inside of us. Mm-hmm. That was really good stuff. I love that. So that's how we shine in the workplace. Thank you, Chelsea, so mm-hmm. much for showing up and just pouring. It was just an avalanche of juiciness on how to be more confident 
in the workplace. And I love, love, loved that. Because people will have sparked to what you've said. <laughs> they want to get more, Chelsea. Where would you like them to meet you? We yes, know it's online because well, you're introverted. You do not want absolutely. them to. <laughs> we don't want them to call yeah. and ask you in the middle of your work time what you want for lunch. So what's the best <laughs> way for people to connect with yeah. you? Well, you can find me on pretty much any social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and LinkedIn. But for those who have really connected just with what we've been talking about, and maybe they want to really get crystal clear on what their passionate purpose is, who they want to develop more self-belief, or really create that mindset that's going to set them up for success, I would suggest going to thepathfinderforyou.com slash free. And there you can download my free training series on all of those topics, pretty much everything that we've been um, discussing. I hit on all of those. I really wanted to give people a great overview to get them started on you know, figuring out how to create their own passionate, purposeful life. And also included in that is a free five-step template to find your purpose and passion. So I would go to thepathfinderforyou.com slash free, and you can get that free training series. Awesome. I'll make sure to include a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Chelsea. You have a powerful day.